The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is This is Cruise Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Holland America's New Amsterdam today. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Just got back from that four-night cruise aboard Carnival Vista. It was a last-minute cruise for $49 a person. So it was like I had to pay double occupancy, so I paid $98 plus tax. It was around 148 out the door, which is something good to remember because if a cruise ship is going into dry dock, they might get done early and do a sailing like this. Or if you're flexible and if hurricane season gets crazy this year, there might be some good deals to be had out there as well. So being flexible and being able to go somewhere last minute is always a plus. While I was over in Cozumel, I had a chance to hop on board Carnival Fantasy for the day. I have a video tour of that ship up on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. And as always, don't forget about Cruise Radio News. It's the podcast that runs opposite of this one. Just search Cruise Radio News where you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Another cruise line is having propulsion issues. And the problems continue with its scheduled dry dock, not until March of 2020, Allure of the Seas is just going to have to cruise a little bit slower. There's a propulsion pod issue still going on, and the megaship just can't reach its intended ports in the current itineraries. So Royal Caribbean has decided to do the easiest thing, which is rather than cancel sailings, is just revising the ports that will be visited. So this applies not only to Allure of the Seas, but to some of the other ships as well, including sister ship Oasis of the Seas. And this is not to only avoid overcrowding in some of the ports, but to also find dockage space. So more than 30 itineraries across various ships have been modified to accommodate the slow-moving allure of the seas. And if you're wondering how and if your upcoming cruise may be affected, contact your travel agent or Royal Caribbean and make sure they have your correct email address because Royal is notifying book passengers through email. It looks like Carnival Cruise Line is lowering some faster-to-the-fun rates. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit. So beginning in 2020, Carnival has announced that they will reduce the cost of their faster-to-the-fun prices on two of their ships. The two ships that will see the decrease are the Carnival Conquest and Carnival Ecstasy. So both ships will sail four-night itineraries in 2020, and you'll pay a reduced fee of $59.95 per stateroom rather than the previous $69.95 per stateroom. So conversely, Carnival Elation, which is also sailing four-night itineraries, that will see an increase in its Faster to the Fun program from $59.95 up to $69.95 per stateroom. And I just did a little bit of research so just to give an example in the range of prices. So Faster to the Fun on two-night cruises is $39.95 per stateroom, while Faster to the Fun on three-night cruises 
is either $39.95 or goes up to $49.95, depending on the ship. If you're going on an eight-night cruise, the cost will be $99.95. But if you're going on an eight-night cruise aboard Carnival Horizon, the cost for Faster to the Fun is $119.95 per stateroom. And it's important to keep in mind that Faster to the Fun is not offered on Europe cruises, Carnival journeys, or on ships departing from Honolulu, Norfolk, or Vancouver. Dubrovnik, Croatia, a very popular port um, because of the Game of Thrones these days. A lot of tours there around that show. Is dealing with a little issue, though, some over-tourism, overcrowding. Yeah, and you know, this is common at several cities throughout Europe, but Dubrovnik especially, and due to Game of Thrones, is seeing a lot of overcrowding. So the city of Dubrovnik, the mayor, uh, and the Cruise Lines International Association are trying to create a plan to avoid overcrowding of this once somewhat quiet cruise port. I've never watched Game of Thrones, but, you know, like you just said, the series has really caused this huge influx of tourists. And again, um, more ships are going there. And I think a lot of the draw is because they know their passengers are going to want to see the places where some of the scenes were shot. So if you're not familiar with Dubrovnik, it's an ancient walled city. So once you dock in town, as soon as you enter through the massive city gates, over on the left, you pay a small fee for the privilege to walk along the path on the top of the wall. You'll go, you'll, you know, you'll skirt above the rooftops and you'll see some absolutely spectacular ocean views, which if you are a Game of Thrones fan will look familiar. I had no clue, but um, so... So last year, the city voted to curtail the amount of cruise ships allowed to dock on any particular day. Um, and this year, they're trying to implement that. So according to CLIA, there's a mandate to create a plan for the city based on the United Nations sustainable tourism criteria. They're going to in- implement a cruise ship berthing policy and develop a, quote, respect the city, unquote, visitor education campaign. So I mentioned I was there and the last time I I arrived at the end of the day and I was the last person allowed to walk on the wall. So I paid my seven euro and the guy said, well, you got to move kind of quick because we're closing. But I had almost the entire stretch to myself and it was kind of creepy, but it was very cool. So, you know, if you can get to Dubrovnik, um, go up to the wall and just try to walk it. it. It is not, um, it's not good if you're mobility impaired because there are steps to walk up. Um, they may have implemented some kind of a lift for people, but basically there's lots of little steps for different levels as you walk around the wall. And probably you can do it in about an hour if you really move quick. But um, yeah, it's getting really crowded there. Same like Venice. They're trying to come up with a plan to curtail the amount of visitors, both by air and by sea. So we'll see what happens. We're going to see the first jazz theater at sea coming very soon. Yeah, and this is, I'm excited about this one. So it was just announced that Sky Princess and Enchanted Princess will see a new jazz theater called Take Five. So when the new princess ships debut, the Sky Princess this October and Enchanted Princess coming up in June of 2020, Take Five Entertainment will cover the evolution of jazz from its roots to bebop and contemporary sounds. Uh, Guests can expect live performances by jazz musicians. They can participate in dance lessons, attend workshops, and hear special guest performers. Um, There's going to be, there's five different themes 
for Take Five, in, in, in case someone's not familiar, this is like Take Five was a Dave Brubeck hit um, a long, long time ago when I just before I started. Well, I was still, I was still in high school, I think. And um, so anyway, that's where the name comes from. But they're going to have themes, and that will include uh, A Night in Harlem, which will feature the sounds of the Roaring Twenties. There'll be another theme called The Birth of Big Band and Bebop, and that's music from the late 40s and post-war jazz. The Way You Look Tonight will feature female jazz vocal stylists trying to emulate the sounds of Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, and Nora Jones, and something called Toda La Noche, which is Afro-Cuban jazz. So to the music, guests can take salsa lessons uh, while popular um, covers from the Buena Vista Social Club are played, which, by the way, I'm still grumbling because I didn't get to see their show in Havana. Mm -hmm. And there will also be a sophisticated evening of cool, which will be the cool sounds uh, of jazz from the 1950s, which would uh, include Miles Davis and Oscar Peterson. And the kind of interesting now, because these two new ships will be included in Princess's Medallion class, you'll be able to order drinks on demand from your seat in the jazz club. Now that you've put 90,000 people to sleep, we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> I know, it's such a, it's such a niche uh, type of music, but it's historically American, and that's pretty interesting. A brawl on a cruise ship got two people thrown off. What happened here? Yeah, and while English decor must have been non-existent aboard this, aboard this P&O cruise ship, this happened last week when a fight erupted on deck 16 in the Lido Buffet. So this wasn't just any brouhaha, mind you, but it was outright fighting that left three men and three women injured and bloodied. So uh, as you'd expect, there are at least two sides to every story. And this one begins with some showing up at the Lido Buffet dressed up as a clown. So... Apparently, this didn't sit well with a guy who said he booked this Norwegian Fjord cruise specifically because it was advertised as not having a fancy dress-up night. Well, I, I didn't guess, you know, do clown costumes count as dress-up night? But anyway, he got really upset. And so furniture, dishware, utensils were thrown about. It caused all sorts of injuries. And uh, security staff, uh, they got hit, too. So... The two men involved, the clown and the dressed-down guy, were confined to their respective staterooms for a day until the ship docked in Southampton and the police arrived and escorted them off the ship. You know, clowns are an interesting <laughs> group of people if this really happened, the way that they're reporting it, because yeah. I grew up next to two clowns. They rented the oh, house shit. next to us growing up. This is a true story. <laughs> and when I was a teenager, I used to – my very first job was a dishwasher – and I would come home, and we had like an acre of land so on the water, so I had a long driveway, and kind of in the woods, so I would walk in, I'd park the truck and walk into the house, and like around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, there would be people next door dressed up as clowns, like in their clown getup, drinking beer by a campfire. <laughs> Sounds like a, a bad uh, thriller movie. <laughs> right, like a horror movie or something. Yeah. And I thought it was the weirdest thing. But I got to know these people, and yeah, they were strange, and they, but they were pretty cool people. They were just a little weird. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, and, and I did mention there were two sides to every story. So the other side says, no, no one was dressed as a clown. 
and the fight just erupted for who knows what reason. Let so. me guess. That was P&O's side, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Know, yeah. So we're going to believe that <laughs> bullcrap propaganda from the cruise line to try to smooth things over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Distract. Yeah. Um, okay. Got some listener questions here. Two of them. Okay. Doug at cruiseradio.net to send your question in. The first question comes from Michael. I'm sure this has been answered on the podcast before, but I forgot the answer. So how strict is Carnival on assigned boarding times? We are in the 1 to one thirty boarding group, but are looking to maximize my vacation and board early. Aside from our just talking about the faster to the fun, um, they're very Carnival is a stickler for keeping you in your assigned group boarding time. So if you're from 1 to one thirty, as you mentioned, if you show up at 11 hoping to get being one of the first ones on just, you know, to board, you're going to end up sitting in a queue until they call your zone number. So basically, uh, that's your assigned time. And, you know, maybe that's another reason why they want people to buy the faster to the fun. But, yeah, you'll have to wait until your assigned group is called before you can board. Yeah, I mean, they're going to let you in the terminal, Michael, but when you yeah. board really isn't like just because you get there at 10 o'clock or 11, you're not going to get right on the ship at that time because they start with like faster to the fun, diamond, platinum, and then kind of work through the zones. So um, just keep that in mind. But yeah, get there early, man. Start your vacation. Tailgate in the parking lot before you go in there. That's what I would do. <laughs> uh, the second question here comes from Ron. Ron's actually here in Jacksonville down the street. Uh, we're going out on Carnival Ecstasy on August 3rd and going to Nassau and the private island. I was considering snorkeling in Nassau for the family and curious if you know a reasonable excursion. I've also thought about booking our own excursion, but that can sometimes be a little sketchy on the pier. Yeah, well, Ron, it sounds like you know your options um, of course, if you're feeling flush and just want to throw your money away, you can buy a shore excursion to Atlantis and pay for the pri privilege of using their beach. You can bring your own snorkeling equipment and, you know, just find someplace up on Cable Beach. There is a public beach up there. Um, but uh, as we've noted before on Cruise Radio, there has been uh, one company that's been recommended, and that's called BalmoralIsland.com. They have all sorts of different shore excursions for NASA. They have a little private island of their own called Discovery Island. It's about a 30-minute boat ride from uh, downtown NASA. And they have uh, snorkeling. They have uh, beach break with lunch and, and things like that. So you might want to head over there and take a look at it. I've never experienced them. But um, after reading their website, it uh, looks really nice. So that might be something to think about. I went there years ago. Um, actually, Sandals owns the island. So Sandals pretty much has the whole island, and then Balmoral is kind of a little chunk of it. There's some snorkeling out there, some beach activities, a lot of cold drinks. And yeah, it's a nice little ride. Go, Yeah, like about 30 minutes from the actual um, Discovery Island, I guess it's what its, it's real name is, yeah. to the cruise pier. Yeah, Ron, that's a, a good option if you want to get away for a little while and they cater just to cruise passengers for the most part. So they're in sync with the cruise ship schedule. So you don't have to worry about being left or anything. All right. Well, there we go. Sherry Laskin with cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. This is cruise radio. A big question we get at cruise radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Kaylin just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on Holland America's new New Statendam, and she joins us on the line. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, Doug. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, so I want to hear all about the new Statendam, but before we get to it, as we always do, we're going to take a step back. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Well, I was actually planning a cruise for, I was having a birthday that ends in a zero. <laughs> so I wanted to do something special and go to my favorite beach in the Caribbean, which happens to be Half Moon Key. So looking for what ships were going to be there around my birthday, the new Statendam uh, fit the bill perfectly because we were act- there on my actual birthday and we got to try the newest Holland America ship. So we were excited about that. That is awesome. So you reside over in California, and you made your way over to Everglades. Yeah. Did you do any pre-cruise time there? Just one night. We always fly in the night before uh, for two reasons, mostly because it's really hard to get there in time before the ship sails from the West Coast. But I would never want to fly to any cruise, even one on here, you know, in the same coast, uh, the same day. I always want to get there the day before. So we uh, flew in the evening before. We uh, stayed at a, one of the hotels there in the Dania area and just had a nice, pleasant evening there in Florida before we boarded the next morning. Yeah, it's like that decompression phase, right? Like you kind of want to just chill out before you board the ship and not be rushed day of embarkation. Yeah, and we actually went to a pretty good steakhouse there uh, called Tropical Acres. It was really good. Okay. Tropical Acres. Is that Was it right by the hotel in Dania Beach? Yes. Okay. I'll have to check that out next time I'm down there. So you make your way to the terminal in Port Everglades. And uh, actually, what day did you embark? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was Sunday, uh, March 31st. So it was one of the last um, sailings before the ship was going to head to Europe for the summer. Okay. So you made your way down there uh, to the cruise pier. How was embarkation? We had sailed on the new Amsterdam about four months earlier for the Thanksgiving week cruise, and that was a breeze. But this time, uh, it was not. We only waited in line for about five minutes because we got there fairly early. But we had to wait over an hour to board, and by that time, every seat was taken in the waiting area. So we got on board shortly before noon. From ship to curb was about an hour? Yes. Okay. You make your way on board. Uh, What were your impressions of New Stottendam? Well, it's so funny. Um, I didn't think a ship could smell like a new car, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) Especially down in the the cabin uh, decks, you would notice that it just still smelled new. So that was one thing that, you know, I don't normally notice the smell on a ship, but I noticed that right away. And But I also noticed 
it was beautiful. I love the contemporary decor, the flowers, the artwork. It was a beautiful ship. The reason why I asked you when, when you were sailing was in March, I I was trying to think when I was down there. I was down there. So I was going on the ship the day you were getting off the ship because you got off on, um, what, April 7th, probably. And I yeah, got, yeah, yeah, I got on board April 7th. So we probably passed each other on the gangway or something. <laughs> oh, Crazy. Darn. So close, but so far away. Uh, so you make your way yeah. to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? Well, originally we had booked an obstructed view balcony, but about two or three weeks before the sailing, I got an offer to upgrade and um, chose to do that because I'd seen some pictures of the destructive view and it looked more obstructed than I was planning on. So I had switched to a um, aft balcony cabin and that was wonderful. You say it was more obstructed than you thought it was going to be? Like, was there a lifeboat in the way or... Yeah, a lifeboat. And and I had had a uh, partially instructed cabin on the Eurodam class of ship. And that wasn't bad because we really only saw the top of the little lifeboat. But the one, the cabin that we were originally booked in, it was very obstructed view. And I'm like, no, I don't want that for this. You know, we're going on a celebratory cruise and I wanted a, a nicer cabin. And I loved the aft balconies. So I was happy to see there was one available that we were able to upgrade to. And then my sister had ordered uh, a birthday decorations to surprise me. So there were balloons outside my door and fresh flowers in the cabin. And that really made it seem festive all week. Um, I brought the balloons in so my neighbors didn't have to look at them all week. <laughs> I will say the cabin felt a slightly smaller than the the balcony cabins on the signature class, which the Eurodam and New Amsterdam, but it was super organized. We loved the big screen TV, and that has to be the best shower I've ever had on a cruise ship, that huge glass shower mm-hmm. they have on those ships. Yeah, it's definitely hard to beat. Now, as far as like... Um... And I just have to ask this, like as far as like the USB ports and the plugs in the room, did you find there to be sufficient? Yeah, they were great. I mean, this is a modern cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And I know that all the refurbs, the the cruise lines are, you know, all the cruise lines are probably adding USBs and all that to their their vessels. But we couldn't use all the plugs that were in the room. Okay. And let's talk about the dining on this seven-night cruise on New Stottendam. And we'll start at the Lido Marketplace. Is that what they call it up there? I can't remember. I can't remember We'll call it the Lido Buffet. How was that? No matter what I'm on, I call it Lido Deck. Exactly. (laughs) How was it? This is one of the design flaws. There was a couple places where I felt it wasn't as well-designed as it could have been. And one was the buffet area on this ship. Um, It was just the aisles were a little too narrow. And got easily congested that way. Having said that, they had plenty of stations with lots of food. Um, uh, there were a lot of seating. But getting through the aisles to get to the different food stations could get quite crowded at mealtimes. Yeah, you're right. Because some of the islands were like, they're like U-shaped, right? Like people right. would be like feeding around them. the carving station yeah, and it, the pasta. Yeah, and the salad area. Was like that as well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Um, as far as like the selections and the quality of the food, how was that? Excellent. I, I one of my favorite buffets. I switch cruise lines all the time, and um, but Holland America actually is my favorite. But uh, and I think they have very high quality in their buffet and, and lots of options. And just to clarify, they call it the Lido Market. So I was. Kind okay. of right, Lido kind of market. wrong. Yeah. Um, so how about outside of the Lido market? Did you try like the burger place or pizza or anything like that? Oh, yeah. 
we ate at uh, the Dive In Grill, mm-hmm. which is where they have their burgers and hot dogs, a couple of times. I do like Dive's Burgers on Carnival better, but this is a close second. And then mm-hmm. my favorite was the um, New York Deli and Pizza. That pizza, it, it is the best pizza I've had at sea so far. It was really good. And they even have a breakfast pizza with egg, fried egg on top. See, now what I like about Holland America's Pizza Place is they don't pre-make them. So they make them to order, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you you order and they give you a little, um, I don't know what those flashing discs are called, you know, that buzzes when your your pizza's ready and you go pick it up. But you can sit down, a server come over and, get, you know, sell you a Coke if you want or and then and wait for your pizza to be ready. Yeah, and it and didn't it, take very long. Yeah, and it's like it's, it's like piping hot. Like if you eat it, you're going to burn your face off. But it's really, really good. <laughs> um, let's talk about the main dining room. What time dining did you have, and how was the service and the quality down there? We normally do assigned seating, but this time we decided we we were this was, the purpose of this week was just to relax, and we did anytime dining. We really which. We really enjoy it to the point that now my husband wants to always do anytime dining. I think the longest wait for anytime dining was on the night, the formal night, elegant night as they call it, where they had lobster. And even then, we waited about 10 minutes, and it was mostly just in the line getting to the desk where we could be seated. The dining room, by the way, I really love that design with the ribs, you know, going up from the first the first floor of the dining room to the second floor. It makes it really open and light. The service, we had great service all every night except one night. It was just, I think they got slammed with a bunch of large tables that were right by us at the same time. But otherwise, every meal, and we ate lunch there, breakfast there, and all our dinners except one or two in the main dining room. We had wonderful service and delicious food. There was never a night where I couldn't find something I wanted to eat. Uh, Honda America calls their anytime dining like as you wish or something like that. When you were doing that, like in line there, if the line was going to be or if there was going to be a wait, do they assign pagers on that ship or is it just kind of you wait until your table's ready? They did have pagers. I only saw them giving it to people that needed a larger table Mm because they had plenty of tables for two or four. But if you needed six or more, then I saw a couple people get those pagers. Did you sit like on the same deck every time you dine there or some nights you eat on one deck and then some nights the other deck? We were taken upstairs to the um, assigned seating area mm-hmm. a couple of the times and probably because people didn't show up. You know, they had other plans that night or whatever. But for the most part, the as you wish dining is on the bottom deck of the dining room. I'm just curious, did you notice any kind of like noise, I don't want to say noise issues, but noise differences between sitting at the bottom and the top? I think it was quieter on top okay. and it might, you know, and it might have been, the only time it was really loud downstairs was when we were seated by really large groups of people and they were having a lot of fun and they were being, you know, loud, but it wasn't loud to the point that it disturbed us or anything. Sitting by the cackling hens. <laughs> so, did you? The people enjoying their beverages. <laughs> there you go. Um, and speaking of beverages, did you buy a beverage package? We did not. Um, but one of the things that we did was take advantage of the happy hours on um, Holland America. So from four to five, at, there were a couple of bars where you could have um, buy one drink, get the second one for only $2. So we definitely took advantage of that for uh, just about every evening. Any specialty restaurants? 
we ate at the Pinnacle Grill on my birthday. So after being at Half Moon Key all day that day, we went to dinner at Pinnacle Grill. And it had the newer, the new menu. I think New Stottenham introduced the, the new Pinnacle Grill menu. So we had the clothesline bacon, which was amazing. Yes. Isn't, isn't that so awesome? It was almost like an entree. I think <laughs> yeah. I, next time I might order it for my entree. It was like they bring this bacon presented to you like on a clothesline rack. And it's just these big marble slabs of like what honey cured or sugar cured bacon it's just yeah oh my gosh and what did you do for the entree there i think i had a ribeye if i remember i don't even remember i guess i all i could think about was the bacon (laughs) (laughs) very nice so during this seven night cruise how was the entertainment Okay, I have to say we loved Music Walk. I, I, with the three venues, we would spend more than one evening. We just spent it going from one venue to the other. So we'd go from B.B. King's Blues Club to the Rock Room to the Billboard on board, you know, and just going back and forth and watching the different sets of music. It was wonderful. The main showroom, we went there twice, one night for a comedian who was, who was funny. And the second time was for, uh, I guess their, their big production shows are now these dance companies. Mm-hmm. And we saw the show called Humanity. It was really, we really enjoyed it because it was a great mix of technology and the dance. Um, and it was something we'd never seen before. Because that theater in the dining room there, the, what is it, the world stage, it's it's like what? It's a 270 degree screen behind the stage. So it kind of goes yeah. from one yeah. side of the theater and wraps around to the other. But yeah, you're right. They're, they're, I think they're outsourcing their entertainment now. And it's like some DNCE or something like that is what it's called. The production group right. that's doing it. Um, with the Rolling Stone Rock Room, how was the, how was the crowd taking to that? Because I know it's gotten some mixed reviews. It was hard to find a seat there some nights, so on my selling anyway, it was very popular. And I would say it was probably mostly people, you know, in, in our, my age group, so 50s, 60s, in there enjoying it. But it wasn't all music from necessarily when we were young. I mean, it was more modern music, too. So uh, I think it would attract anyone. The B.B. King's Blues Club was just as packed when they were doing their sets as was the Billboard area with the two piano players so that week we were on it was (laughs) rocking yeah i want to ask you about the casino and did you notice any smoke issues in or around the casino because i know that the casino is right above right so it's right above the entertainment complex where rolling stone rock room is like a staircase there if i'm remembering this correctly was there any smoke issues with it drifting down no, but I just think there weren't a lot of smokers the, the week I was on because, I, or a lot of people in the casino actually, because I went through the casino a few times and it just never felt really busy like on other ships I've been to in the past where, you know, uh, it's really hard to get through there as you're moving from one venue to another. We didn't have that problem and they never had a problem with the smoke. And I'm very sensitive to smoke because we're just never around it in California. I think it's practically illegal smoke there anywhere. Um, So I never noticed it at all. The only time I would smell it is at the aft pool because the outdoor smoking area was right above the aft pool. And if you were on that same side, you might smell it there. I guess the only place to get some smoke in California is at a dispensary, right? (laughs) Practically. (laughs) It's probably easier. (laughs) Right. Uh, So let's talk about the ship uh, during sea days. How was it as far as crowds and congestion? 
Well, this is a, a second couple. There were three places that I thought were too congested. And I talked about the, the Lido market was one. And I think the showroom is actually a tad too small for the size of the ship. Because a couple of times when we wanted to see shows, we couldn't get in and we had to go back and go to the second show. But the third one is the pools. There's just not enough seating at the pool. The pool is beautiful and it has um, padded loungers on it and it has all these like um i don't know couches if you (laughs) will that you know up above and on the sides that people can sit at but it didn't really lend itself to be able to hold very many people there on sea days so we could not find a lounge and we're up early and we could not find loungers on the pool days on the sea days excuse me yeah and you know what else i noticed around the pool speaking of that at nighttime when they showed the movies in there there was just like if you mm-hmm. didn't get there like an hour before the movie started, you weren't finding a seat. Oh wow! Well, I mean that was at least during my sailing. I don't know if you experienced the same thing, yeah. or if you even went out there and tried no, to find a seat. No, we didn't. We didn't go to the movies because we were always going to the music every night. <laughs> because you were partying for your somethingth birthday. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the ports of call. We know you went to Half Moon K, so let's just start right there, or Half Moon Key, correction. Holland America offers a drink package when you go to Half Moon. Did you buy that? It was, it's like super cheap. Is it on like $25 for 15 drinks? Yeah. No, we didn't do that because we knew we had uh, dinner you know, at the specialty restaurant that night, and, and that just wouldn't – the two wouldn't mix well. <laughs> So what we did was we um, and when we were on at the, we were there in just November four months before that and we had uh, rented a cabana because we were there with my son and his fiance but this time we decided we didn't need the cabanas for just the two of us so we just had a clamshell that we rented and so even though actually. The day we were there, the Koenig Dam was also there. So the two largest Holland America ships were there at the same time. So I was really glad that we had the clamshell and um, because, you know, we had a nice shaded spot to to relax and um, enjoy that wonderful venue. Yeah, that's my number one tip for Half Moon is to always get a clamshell, even if you think you'll only use it for 10 minutes, the minute you don't book it or you don't have it, you're going to wish you did. Um, did you book yours before or did you wait till you got on the island? You wouldn't have gotten one if you waited till you got on the island with those two large ships. I booked it in advance and there were, I felt sorry for people. There were so many people asking those of us that were in the clamshells, like, how did you get this? Where did you, you know, buy this? And, and, um, you know, it was sadly, they were all sold out and they weren't able to get any. Yeah. It's well worth the $30 or whatever it is for uh, to pay mm-hmm. that. What other ports of call did you go to? Our first port of call was Grand Turk, and I love the beach there, too. Uh, we did go to Jack Shack, mm-hmm. and I had been to Jack Shack a couple times, but my husband had never been with me there. So he really enjoyed it, and he got to meet the dogs, including the new dog, Calypso. <laughs> <laughs> And so that was always, it's nice to get away from the big crowd that stays right there, uh, you know, at the end of the pier at that area. And next was San Juan. And unfortunately, it was, a, I guess the length of the stay there was okay, but we didn't get there till after 1 p.m. So we just decided, and we've been there many times before in the past too, so we made it a, an optional 
sea day, you know, and got to finally have our deck chairs by the pool. <laughs> and we spent the afternoon um, at the pool on board the ship and had a wonderful time. All right. So you have Grand Turk, San Juan, Half Moon, any other, you, St. Thomas on that one? Yes. We have been there many times too. Uh, you know, obviously I love the Eastern Caribbean is one of my favorite uh, itineraries. This time we went to a new beach to us, which was Secret Harbor. I don't know. Have you been there, Doug? I never have. And it's only because when I go to St. Thomas, I always like beeline right to St. John. So I never really spend any time on St. Thomas itself. Oh, okay. So Secret Harbor is a really calm, beautiful beach. And the beach is, you know, there's a resort on it. But there's the area where you can rent chairs from like a dive shop and everything. And you're so you're on the same beach as all these other people that are staying at this resort. And there's an outdoor restaurant and bar so you can get drinks and food there. And it was just a wonderful place. And I wish I would have found it maybe one of my earlier trips to St. Thomas. I'll be going there again next year, the next time I'm in St. Thomas. Okay. So that'll wrap it up for the islands you went to. Then you make your way back to Port Everglades. Um, How was your disembarkation process? That was pretty good. Um, we had booked a shore excursion, I guess you would call it. A tran- it was a transfer with a shore excursion through the ship. And I'd already told you I didn't book any excursions. I forgot about this because it was really, um, you know, after our cruise had ended. Mm-hmm. So our group, it was a land and sea tour. So we were called off at 830 and got our luggage. And I will say we have global entry. And if you have global entry, take your cards because we had to show our actual card but we were able to like virtually not stop and walk right through the immigration check. The land and sea tour was really interesting. I thought, oh, well, this is a way to kill time. But we really enjoyed it more than we thought because it also had like a, a tour of the intercoastal waterway right there in Fort Lauderdale. Um, got another view of the cruise ships from the water when we're on the, the tour boat. And so it was interesting to do that tour. You had a later flight. Is that why you did that tour? Yeah, that's why we did it. We had a um, like a 5.30 flight out of Fort Lauderdale, but that's because it was a nonstop to San Diego. So I was happy to stay a little later and get a nonstop. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, when you're booking a, a shore excursion like that, and if you're checking bags, are they are your bags going right to the airport or are you carrying your bags with you the whole day? Your bags are actually in the bottom of the bus. Mm-hmm. So and uh, when we went up to the bus, the driver would ask what airline we were going to be on because he would organize it under the bus based on the terminal that he needed to drop you at. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Well, uh, I guess what we'll do here is wrap it up and I'll ask you if you have any tips to give anyone sailing on New Dam or an Eastern Caribbean itinerary. Yeah. My first tip would be to avoid that craziness at the Lido market when you go for lunch on embarkation day. We went to the main dining room and there were hardly any people in there and we had a delicious lunch and it had one of my husband's favorite desserts of the week because he loves carrot cake and they had a really good carrot cake on their lunch menu that day. My second tip would be to take advantage of those happy hours because I think there's another one later in the evening that we might not have made, but we always made the 4 p.m. happy hour to get that second drink for just $2. Um, if you could tell Holland America yeah. one thing about the new Staten Down, what would it be? It would be that I love the way they're going with their direction of their ships and their experiences. It's an elegant ship with a contemporary field, yet I feel like it, they're moving along uh, in, you know, uh, with their audience. They're not still marketing to an older demographic. And I know I'm an older demographic, but there were a lot of younger people on my sailing, and I was happy to see that. 
Final thoughts of the new Staten Dam. I am looking forward to another time when we can go on there. You know, when it, there's an itinerary that attracts me and, and we can go on this ship or the upcoming sister ship, which would be the Rindum. I went on the old Rindum, so I'd love to go on the new Rindum. Bring it all full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking with Caitlin about her seven-night cruise on Holland America's new Staten Dam. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.